Hi, I'm Jen Drummond. Welcome to my podcast, Take a Break. As a mom of seven, a business owner, and an individual trying to be the first female to climb the seven second summits, I often need to remember to take a break. Take a Break is about enhancing and preserving the greatest asset you have, you. Listen in as I share personal stories and interview others to help you get the most out of this one amazing life. So everyone, today we have a fantastic guest named Vanessa Rosetto, not Risotto. Okay, we just had this conversation. She is a dietitian licensed in New York, has done amazing things for the industry, partnering with health insurance companies to make dietary planning more accessible for all of us. So today she's going to talk with us. I have a bazillion questions to ask her because I get hooked on all the different sound bites that people say, hey, don't do this, do this, or always this, or never this. And I'm just excited to have her here. So welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Okay, so what's the number one question you get asked, like being a dietitian? Well, this week, and really for many weeks, it's really, should I intermittent fast or should I do keto? That's what everybody wants to know. Because everybody wants okay. it to be, like, fast. They're like, I, if I just do this, is it going to work? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's going to work, but it's just, like, how long can you do it for? This comes a time where, like, eventually maybe you might want to eat, a like, a piece of bread or some rice. I don't know. <laughs> so it's not, like, ideal for people. And also the studies do show that you will lose the same amount of weight following like a plan and like varying your intake, et cetera, as you would with like this high level of restriction. So is it really the most beneficial for you? For some people it is, right? Like I have some patients that are night workers, right? Like they're working when everybody else is sleeping. And so intermittent fasting is very good for that person, right? Like that's great. And also some levels of keto I've found with some of my diabetic patients, it does work very well. That doesn't mean that they don't eat carbs. They're just really, really mindful of the amount of carbs that they're eating at every single meal. And so it's not one size fits all. And I think that's the main thing that is to like the big takeaway is that nutrition is very personalized, like how you live, what you what you have access to, what your day looks like. That is really going to inform what is the best like diet, quote unquote, pattern of eating that is sustainable and it's going to give you the most success. And do you find that if we, what is, what's the story on breakfast? Just tell me this, like, is breakfast something you want to skip? Is it something you want to start? Is it something that you need a protein for breakfast? Let's start there. Yeah. So here's the thing. I, I get all these people that'll be like, I don't eat before two o'clock, but then at eight o'clock I'm so hungry and I eat my dinner and then I'm eating cookies. And th- and it's like, yeah, cause you didn't eat breakfast. So like for that person, it doesn't work. Right. And and that person is always the person that is also like doing a lot of merit, a lot of like training, like any kind of like running and exercising and all of those things. And it's like, okay, well your body needs fuel. Your muscles are being depleted of energy and they need that energy to be replenished. So eating in the beginning of the day and front loading your carbohydrates is that's probably going to help you for the end of the day. So the, like what is happening to you throughout the day? So the short answer is yes, but the long answer is maybe, maybe not. It just depends on you and what's going on. Like maybe you're a sedentary person and you really aren't somebody who ever ate a ton and you're fine after dinner and you don't need anything extra. So, okay don't eat breakfast and that's all right. Um, or, or people who don't feel good because, you know, like they wake up in the morning and they're like, it's kind of hard for me to eat right away. So, all right, great. Don't eat right away. Do it two hours or three hours after waking. And it could be as small as like a yogurt and some fruit, but having protein and having fiber, that is going to help you in your day for sure. Right. Right. And if I, so talking personally, sure. if I crash at three or four in the afternoon, Right. That's my crash period. Is that because I'm not eating enough earlier in the day? Yeah. Yeah. And you are you're so active and you're doing like really strenuous things. (laughs) So you are not eating enough carbohydrates for like, I mean, if you're climbing all these peaks and doing all this work, you need more carb. And the carb doesn't have to be like bread and rice. Right. Like you can have complex 
carbs, there's beans, there are potatoes, right? These are things that are beneficial for you that are going to help you. And, they, and then there's that fiber and also other like, my, like micronutrients that are going to help you sustain yourself throughout the day. So that crash really does come from not having enough food and also likely probably not enough protein as well. Okay. Yeah. Protein's something I focus on just yeah. because it's harder for some reason to get into my diet with how I eat. But, oh, then here's like, an, okay, again, sorry, everybody, but I have these questions, so I know you have them. Give them if me. I eat healthy, right? So if I eat a healthy dinner and I am one of those people that has to eat three hours before I go to bed, otherwise I won't sleep. Yeah. Right? It, it interrupts my sleep or I'll wake up in the middle of the night, blah, 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 blah. So if I eat healthy at six and then I'm bored, Okay. Boredom somehow eats means eating in my household. Yeah. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Yeah. But if I eat a cookie at nine o'clock at night, because I'm talking to my kids and I'm like, whatever, snacking with them, I will wake up famished in the morning as if I hadn't eaten at all. Yeah. But if I eat at six and then don't snack later, I can wake up in the morning and I'm a normal human. Yeah. So what happens is especially like the example of the cookie, right? That is just like a really simple carbohydrate. So your body has, is going to start to do some work to metabolize that somewhere in the middle of the night. And so that is why you have that feeling of, oh, I'm so hungry now, right? Because your body is doing that whole, oh, I'm up, I'm down, I'm up, I'm down. Like this is a, this should be like normal waking and eating patterns because of what happened in the middle of the night of that digestion. Whereas if you stopped eating at six o'clock and then you, you just, you know, went to bed normally, your body got the memo like, oh, it's time to shut down and rest and recharge. And so now I'm sleeping. And so, and now I'm waking up and now I'm going to give my body the cue that like, yes, it's time to eat, but I'm not ravenously hungry because I wasn't expending tons of energy at night. Ah, I get it. Yeah. Okay, so I did one of those glucose monitors yeah. where you, like, pop it into your arm. Yeah. Fascinating. Like, absolutely fascinating. Yeah. What'd you learn? It's unbelievable. I learned that, um, and I've read this, right, but it's actually seeing it. If you dress your carbs, it matters, right? So yeah. if my carbs have fat on them or things like that. And then there's this little, there's, like, some different cues that I follow on social media because we all do. Yeah. And, um like if I, if I eat eggs and everything first, and then I add my toast, it's actually different than if I eat my toast and then 30 minutes later eat eggs or put a protein shake down. That's I mean, right. it's fascinating that the timing of yeah. when you eat things plays a huge role in what your sugar does. Right. Because your body, it's a normal response to eat a carbohydrate and have the pancreas mobilize insulin to take the carbohydrate into the cells, because that is the main energy source. That's how we function as humans. And so when you eat protein first, or you, you're having, you know, one slice of toast with your eggs, right? Where like the carb is not the star, the protein and the vegetable, and vegetables obviously have small amounts of carbs, but like those are the stars. That helps to slow down digestion and limit the amount of insulin that is sent out from the pancreas because now you haven't had this like high spike in your blood sugar. So your body doesn't have to like, isn't like freaking out like, Oh, I got to get this out and I got to use it for energy. And so there is a lot of benefit to that. It's just so interesting to me that people are like, I ate a cookie and then my blood sugar went up and I'm like, uh, yeah, that's what it does. <laughs> like, that's normal. Your body's working. Yes. Yeah, your like, body's working. Exactly. Exactly. You're like, that's okay. But it like, but you understood the assignment. You're like, oh, if I eat things in this way, it's going to work and this is going to help me. And now I see how my blood sugar can be stabilized. And this is a really good tool. I think people thought that they were going to use the glucose monitor and that it was going to like make their behaviors better. Um, and I don't think that it, that it did that for many people. I think it just like gave them more data points that they didn't necessarily know what to do with them. True. Right. No, for me, I did it because some days I have heavy training and yeah. some days I have light training. And so my body doesn't, I don't know if that's always fantastic for your body, right? Because it doesn't always know what to do. And yeah. um, so I was using it, just making sure hey, how is this working? How am I absorbing this? What's really happening? Because what I've read is that some things will spike people's 
in, insulin, and some pe- things don't affect That's people right. as much. That's right, and and it and it changes over time. So, like, I have I I have two very good friends that happen to be type one diabetics, and one of them ha- eats oatmeal every single day for breakfast for the last twenty years, and it doesn't do anything to her, and it's fine. The other one was eating oatmeal and it was fine. And like now in recent time, he can't eat the oatmeal. He's like, I don't know. It makes my blood sugar spike up. I didn't change like how I was eating it, what the amounts were. I did the same thing every day and my blood sugar doesn't go down for a really long time. And so like, I'm out, I'm off of it now. And I'm like, okay, you just, and then I'm like, well, why don't you try like less and have eggs? And he's like, nope, I'm out. Just like, I don't want it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm out. It's I'm like, not okay. the way I wanted it. I'm yeah. out of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> uh, that's me too. Like I have noticed with eating, if I eat a Oreo, it's not a Oreo. Okay. Like, it's a row of Oreos. I wish it wasn't a row of Oreos, but it is. And it's crazy because I I think it's once you get that into your system, your body's like, oh, let's get more, let's get more, let's get more. Where if I would have never touched it in the first place, I would have been fine. That's right. Yeah, because you're, once, I say this to people all the time, once you eat like a junky carbohydrate, your body just wants more. So like ways to eat it, right, is like, if you have your dinner, for example, and you have, you know, you have your protein, you have your fat, you have your carbohydrate, you have your vegetables. Okay, great. You ate your balanced dinner. Immediately after, you should have like two cookies. Because you have the protein and the fiber and all of that help from your main meal, if you have the dessert directly after, it's not going to affect your blood sugar as much. And it's not going to make you want to eat a whole row of cookies. You will be able to stop at the two. But when you have that that period of time where you've like, you know, you've taken a shower, you've on, you're starting to unwind and you're like, oh, now I'm going to eat the cookie watching television. Your body has already started the digestion process. And now it's like starting to shut down and quiet down. And then you just brought it back up again. So now it's like, all right, cool. Time to eat. It's a very tricky thing, that metabolism. And so people are like, this is disordered eating. And I'm like, no, it's not. This is people trying to understand how food affects their body and to leverage that education to make better choices and to meet any of their goals. Right. So is it better to do the three meals a day because it has a digestion system, or are you better off doing the micro, I don't know if they're micro meals, they're still meals, but you do smaller meals, but maybe five or six times a day. Depends on like who you are, where you are, stages of life, right? Like, you know, all my perimenopausal and menopausal women are like, what should I do? And I'm like, you should just eat three meals and not snack. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. And you should probably stop eating at seven o'clock because, <laughs> you know, like give your body that time, help the migrating motor complex, help digestion. After age 35, things change. And we don't really understand why, you know, women come to me all the time. They're like, I have not changed anything in my life and I've gained 10 pounds. I don't know why. All that's changed is that I got older. And I'm like, I get it. So like, you're not as efficient at burning calories. So you need where whatever help you can get. So eat three meals. And let your body do its thing in the middle. You're a kid. Yeah, you can eat all day. You're like an athlete that's just expending calories all the time. You definitely should have snacks in between, right? So it's not one size fits all. It's what am I doing? How active am I? How old am I? Also, just like emotionally, mentally, like maybe for some people, they're like, I cannot not eat every two and a half to three hours. It just like ruins my whole day. I can't think, I can't focus. Like, okay, that's what works for you. So let's do that. No problem. But if other people who are like, no, I just eat like a breakfast that's good and a lunch and like things that are substantial and I'm fine. That's okay too. I like that. I like how you work with the individual and say, oh, hey, what are we looking at as our life as a whole? Because yeah. I think a lot of people segment diet as one thing and then the rest of everything else. And that's not how it works, right? I mean, it's how am I emotionally? What do I have today? What do I need to plan for for tomorrow? Um, all those things play a role into how we feel. And if we feel good, it's easier to eat good. And if we eat good, it's easier to feel good, right? That's it's right. the chicken and the egg. Who that's knows right. what comes first? That's right. Yeah, no, it has to be personalized because... Just because something worked for your friend, your friend has a different life than you. It's fine that you're friends. That's great. But, like, I don't know what Susie, what help she has. Maybe Susie has a chef. 
So it's super easy for her to do it. And I don't. And I have to take care of all my kids and feed my husband and, you know, walk the dog and all of those things. So I don't have as much time as she might have. So we really have to look at the individual and make it fit into their life because life is hard. And so I we can't keep making it harder. People will just like give up. Right. Yeah. No. And that's that whole... I I can't believe I even commit to this. I once tried this like macro, ma- the macros, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. my god! Like I too, too have a consuming. new respect. I have yes, those people that are into the weightlifting thing and the bodybuilding and all that stuff where they measure their macros. I mean, that is an ordeal. It's a full time job. It is insanity. Yeah, yeah. You have yeah. seven kids. You can't do that. You you like you can't. How could, how can you commit? To being like, I got to measure, like, you're measuring everything by the gram all the time. It's like, okay, if I didn't have all of this extra stuff to do, then that probably would be okay, I guess. Except for, you know, when you tell somebody you have to eat 102 grams of carbohydrates a day, that already puts people off. They feel like that number is too high. And so then they end, maybe they're not good planners, and then it's the end of the day and they have like 92 grams of carbs. So they're like, great, I'm just going to, you know, have this sleeve of cookies. And then, yeah. and then they wonder why it didn't work. <laughs> You're just like, right. Hey guys, totally. like, yeah. Like, please just, so for us, for me, I always tell people like, Hey, like, Let's add things, not take them away, and let's visualize things in a different way. So everything I do is, like, mathematical, even though I won't share that with the client, per se. I won't be like, you should have, you know, like, 92 grams of protein. I just think in my mind, what does 92 grams of protein look like? That looks like maybe four ounces of chicken. So I'll say, like, four ounces of chicken at lunch and dinner and one cup of vegetables. That's easy for people to wrap their minds around instead of being like, what is 101 grams of carb? That is, like... There's too many variables there. It's too stressful. Right, 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 right. Yeah. No, and what the one thing that I did take away from that experience was you learn, like, how small of amount of chicken you need to get four ounces. That's right. Also, like, for some reason, we're so used to being served large portions. That's right. And so you think, oh, that's normal, I guess. I eat what's there, apparently. I, I grew up with you clear your plate. So yeah, that, like, haunts right. me when I'm eating. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, when I started that and I had this, I, I know it's silly, but I had this plate and it said, okay, here's where your carb goes, here's where your veggies go, and here's where your protein goes. Sure. And that's actually something visually that stuck with me. And it's been huge. And it's the simplest little thing saying, like, oh, this shouldn't take up – as much as I love mashed potatoes, they don't get to take up this whole section of the plate. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, but you just said something. It's not silly. It's helpful. I always tell people like tracking food, you don't have to track it in perpetuity, but you having that plate helped you. You ate off of that plate for however long it was, a month, two months. And now you don't need that plate anymore because you understand what four ounces of chicken actually looks like. You understand what one cup of vegetables looks like. People don't understand that. And so they'll they'll put two cups of rice on their plate and be like, no, that's only a quarter cup. And you're like, that's no, that is literally two cups. Like that's too much, right? So like we need to right. scale it back. And this is what a half cup looks like. And if you were then to have more vegetables on your plate and a more more protein, whatever that looks like. It could be meat, it could be tofu, it could be beans, whatever that is. Then you would see that actually having the quote unquote only a quarter cup of rice or half a cup of rice is actually enough. But people don't balance their plates. They just put one, mm-hmm. the, like a lot of one macronutrient on the plate and then forget the rest and then they wonder why they're hungry. Right, right, right. No, and if you don't have the certain things, like I, this, I love butter toast. I love the smell of butter toast, yeah. okay? It's very it's nostalgic terrible, of being a kid. It's like, yeah. It's, it yeah. is. It's so good. So yeah. I love butter toast. And if I only eat buttered toast, I'm starving. Yeah. I'm starving later. And that does not mean I double down on the toast. That means I'm missing these other ingredients, which are the, um, the proteins yeah. that allow the whole process to be smoother in my body. That's right. That's right. And people are... Yeah. You know, the messaging out there these days is like, oh, you don't need that. Just like eat whatever makes you happy. And like, of course, eat what makes you happy. Food is how we connect to our loved ones. It's just, it's fun. You share nice meals with friends. Like no one's taking that away, but like, you know, what about the rest of the time? The rest of your life, 
right? <laughs> like, right. how are we, right. how right. can we have, like, longevity and be able to move our bodies and really, also, like, vegetables are good. Fruit is good. It's not just about, like, cookies and wine and all those things. So, like, why do they get a bad rap? Why does it, why does it have to be a daunting task to eat these things? Shouldn't have to be. No. And it's, like, once you learn how to use them and you have a few staple go-tos, it's just taking the effort to learn it the first time. That's right. And just be like, oh, now I have another thing in my little arsenal of we can eat this and it's healthy. But it takes a little bit of work to get there in the first place for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's It's always work. Yeah. But it's either work on the front end or it's work on the back end. Yeah. And it is a lot more work to take LBs off or yes. to get help. I feel Right? Because yeah. as we get older, I'm noticing even with my training, my it it changes. Unfortunately, it changes. <laughs> I wish it as, didn't. It's not as easy. I know. I have I get these patients that are like, I don't know, all the things that I used to do just don't work anymore. Like I used to I used to know like, oh, I, I just like drank a little bit too much over the holidays, so I'll just like not drink for January and I'll lose fifteen pounds and now that doesn't work anymore. And you're like, Yeah, it's tough, but it doesn't work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so people come to you. Well, let's stop a second. You started Kalina Health. So let's talk about this because I think this is magic. So share your story of Kalina Health. Yeah, I went back to school to become a dietitian. I was teaching at New York University. My other co-founder and I met for a coffee, and she had her own private practice, and I had my own private practice, and we both took insurance. And she was like, hey, would you want to join private practices? It, it's more fun to work together and we can hire two other dietitians and we already have the contracts and we'll see people and we'll pay our taxes at the end of the year and whatever's left over, we'll split in half. And I was like, sure, that sounds fine. And then COVID happened. And it was the first time that a telehealth visit was going to be reimbursed at the same rate as an in-office visit. And so we were able to scale and in less than a year, we grew to nine dietitians and made $934,000 without any marketing. So then we decided oh, to go out. goosebumps. Yeah. And then we decided to go out and fundraise because we were like, well, people are obviously looking for a different approach. And also forever, nutrition, like a dietitian seemed inaccessible. Like in the New York Times, in 2014, the New York Times wrote an article about a dietitian that was charging $10,000 for packages. And so if you were the regular person reading that article, you'd be like, oh, I, I can never access that, right? Like, I, how could I ever pay for a package of sessions that's $10,000? And, like, you know, the story told of, like, you know, the dietitian going to dinner at Capitol Grill and Del Posto with the financiers and telling them what to eat. It just seemed like this, like, over-glamorous thing that nobody could do. And so now we're saying, no, you have access to really great practitioners, people are, who are very well-trained, and all you have to do is pay your copay. People want that. So we went out, we fundraised, we have a payer on the cap table, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and we are building a tech stack so that we can compete in the digital health space and just be out there telling people, listen, you should have access to wellness and nutrition is the front line of healthcare. And you could see us every single week for an hour and we're going to coordinate care with your physician and you're going to have a better outcome. Absolutely amazing. So when people come to you, do they have to get blood work and how do they start? Yeah. So when people come to us, we do ask for their labs. We want to see them. If you don't have labs in recent time, we will reach out to your physician because we're dietitians and we can't order labs. So we'll send the requisition to the physician and they will order the labs. And 99% of the time, the, the physician is fine with it um, because, you know, people should get labs yearly. It's a, good, it's a good practice to do. You want to know what's going on. And so we get those labs and we help the patient navigate through that and analyze that and, you know, really help the patient understand like, okay, this is what this means. And this is how we can use food to get better. Or actually, we need to talk to the physician about this lab. This might be of concern or this is actually not of concern, right? Just like helping people understand that is really good. Because, you know, sometimes you get your labs back from the physician and the physician doesn't have a ton of time. So they're just like, everything looks good. Bye. But then you see these labs that are high and you're like, wait, 
do I should I care about that? Is there something that I can do to make that better? Is does that adversely affect me? I don't know. So it's definitely a helpful tool and gives the data points. And then based on what the patient needs, right? Sometimes you have patients who have high triglycerides and high cholesterol, and they had a parent that had a heart attack at a young age, and they want to prevent that. So you help them with that. You have diabetics. You have people who are pre-diabetic. You have people who want to lose weight. You have people who have gastrointestinal issues, and they've gone from physician to physician to physician, and they can't figure out why. And it's really having the dietitian sit and talk to you and watch your food journal and match the symptoms with the food so that we could say, hey, this is probably not the best thing for you. These are probably the reasons why. Let's try to eliminate these things and let's see if you feel better. Um, it's it's really fun to be on the journey with the patient and like see them get so excited that someone is actually taking real time and listening to them and working with them on a personal level so that they could get to the goal that they want. It, it, it is, it's a good feeling. It's, and it's always good, like, you know, when the outcome is positive and they're like, oh my God, this worked. Thank you so much. You're like, you're welcome. So glad it did. And can you find out um, dietary, like allergies when you're starting to work with a dietitian and you're saying like, hey, I'm feeling bloated or you, st-? because I didn't, I did this elimination diet once just because I wasn't feeling sluggish and things just weren't working. And sure. I had no idea that I had headaches and things from gluten. I didn't, I thought like if you had an allergy, that meant you were throwing up or like everything was running through you. There's so many other symptoms that can be tied to food once you really look into it. And I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. And that's why journaling is so important, right? Like you can go and get an allergy test and they can tell you that you're allergic to things. But sometimes the allergy is like super benign, right? Like maybe it's, I I knew somebody who was allergic to almonds. And when they had, when they ate almonds, they had a runny nose. So that's like, not so bothersome and they like the almonds. So I was like, okay, or you're allergic to gluten and that's what's causing you to have massive headaches. So journaling and journaling the symptoms helps us take it one step further and actually helps us with like these elimination diets. Cause sometimes the elimination, elimination diet is so restrictive and then the patient is like afraid to reintroduce or, you know, cause they're feeling so much better and they're like, Oh my God, I feel great. But now I'm going to put things back and like what happens if it all goes awry, right? And so we just like to say like, let's track the symptoms with the food first. If we can't find any kind of pattern, then we'll take it all away and see if you feel better at all. And then like, you know, do the challenges. That's a little bit more uncomfortable for the patient, but still gets the result. But we want to make it like as least taxing as possible, right? (laughs) Like how can Mm -hmm, I get you mm -hmm. to the answer without torturing you at the same time? Right, 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 right. Um, so I've used my fitness pal, I yeah. think, as a journal because you yeah. can take, and then I had to take photos and all this kind of stuff. Let me tell you, just having the accountability. I'm a pretty disciplined person, but when I notched up to having the accountability factor where I had to plug in pictures and what I was eating, and then actually for a little bit there, we were taking the QR or like the scan yeah. codes yeah. of the items so that I was yeah. making sure that. You know, of course, I'm going to eat an English muffin and give myself the 100-calorie English muffin instead of probably the 200-calorie English muffin I was eating, which I had no idea that there was that big of a... I mean, the products that we eat can have a huge variance in what's going on there. It was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. No, those tools, I think, are really great as long as you use them for what they're for, right? It's just for tracking the data. If you're somebody who's like easily triggered by like tracking your food, then we cannot track your food and we have to do something else, right? We can track it in different ways. We can we can track behaviors instead. There are other methods to doing it, but there's a lot of value and that database, like MyFitnessPal has so many data points. There's so much food in there. You can find literally everything. It's amazing. It is. It's fascinating. And it's, it's, for me, it's fun because I track all the things for working out. And I was so afraid of failing on Mount Everest when I went to climb it. And I'm like, we're making sure every single thing I can control is in my favor. And that actually helped me on so many other things going forward with just the accountability, actually looking at what items are. So now when I go to the grocery store, I know what to buy. I mean, it's, yeah, it's been super beneficial. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. here's another question that I have because I'm getting older and I want to know. Bowel movements. I, I Like, what's normal for people? I hear all you, these different stories. Guys, you have to go every day. 
when people come to me and they're like, I only go once a week, I'm like, well, stop. We have to. <laughs> we must fix that first and then we'll do whatever else. And But then what ends up happening is I order that and they they go to the bathroom every day and then they're like, oh, I lost eight pounds this week. I'm like, I know because you were technically full of shit and now we got it out and now you're better. And they're like, oh my gosh, thank you. But it's normal actually as you age for this decrease in hydrochloric acid and decrease in motility. So some things that can help you, right? Like 500 milligrams of magnesium at night. That helps you sleep. It helps you give get good rest. And in the morning, it just like acts like a, as a natural laxative. So it can help you go. That's great. You know, making sure we have enough fiber, making sure that we're drinking enough water. Um, you know, chia seeds are good for constipation and also diarrhea. They're like this crazy superfood. So if you're somebody who tends to have infrequent bowel movements, you could try adding chia to oatmeal or to yogurts, for example. See if that might help you. If it's really a chronic problem and it is like you know, you're only going once a week and we're trying to fix it and it's not working, then you do need to go to the physician because there is something underlying there that we need to understand so that we can help get you to go. Okay, you heard it here. Once a day, my friends. Or once a day. Up the magnesium, add yes. the chia seeds. Do it. Where else do people, Where what's fiber? Fiber is primarily in vegetables. Yeah, it's in vegetables, but it's in whole grains. It's in nuts and seeds. Okay. And so it it's in fruit. Uh, it's in vegetables. So it's really, um, you know, women should have like 28 to 30 grams. Men should have 30 to 35 per day. And when people are like, okay, that's what I need. It's like that. Now, where do I get it? And so, you know, I always use oatmeal as the example. This is like, you know, a quarter cup of oatmeal is like, you know, three grams of fiber. Then I'll add a cup of raspberries. That's eight grams of fiber. Then I'll add two tablespoons of chia. That's 11 grams of fiber. Okay. So now I'm like over 20. So then I'm having vegetables at lunch and dinner. I'm having a piece of fruit. Maybe I'm going to make a salad. I'm going to add some nuts. And so I'm going to hit this 28 grams a day very easily. There, So those are very easy ways to get a lot of bang for your buck. You can do bars, but bars have chicory and inulin fiber, which is an insoluble fiber, which is literally the only way that you're going to have one food item have like 20 grams of fiber. So you just have to be careful in those instances because it can like really wreak havoc on your stomach. And sometimes too much insoluble fiber, which is like whole grains, which create bulk stool, can actually constipate you and do the reverse. So you want to have a mixture of insoluble and then also soluble, which are like the nuts and seeds, which form the gel to move the stool out. So if you're having whole grains, nuts and seeds, fruits and vegetables. Again, it's back to having a varied diet. When you're just eating one thing all the time, like, oh, I can only eat chicken and broccoli, chicken and broccoli, you're going to miss everything else. And you're not going to do yourself a, like a favor. So definitely just like making sure, okay, whole grain, oatmeal, nuts and seeds, chia, maybe some, you know, pistachios. That's an easy one. One piece of fruit a day, one cup of vegetables at lunch and dinner. That is going to get you to a good place of like ingesting enough fiber that'll help move your bowels and also like help you with weight management, help you with your blood sugar, help you, you know, just feeling full. Like fiber helps for you to feel full. So if you have fiber at every single meal, you tend to not overeat at subsequent meals. Okay. The magic of fiber. Yeah. Wait, okay. And you briefly touched on water. I went to Walmart the other day to grab stuff and I was talking to the pharmacist there because I absolutely love our pharmacist in town and I was talking to him like okay if there's one thing that would keep most of these people that are in here from being on antibiotics or prescriptions what is it and he goes water he goes if people just drank enough water it would flush their systems things wouldn't accumulate and everybody would be that much healthier and then right so I'm like okay water 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 and on top of that, then all of a sudden I listened to something and I heard it and it was, if you drink water, you should drink it so much far after your meal or so, like there's timing of water too, where if you drink it too close to eating, then it dilutes your digestion or something. And this all gets like so overwhelming so fast. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's so much noise in the industry. There's so much noise in the industry. So the thing about the water is if you are somebody who tends to bloat really quickly during your meals or, um, you know, you feel full really fast, then you can separate your eating like and the drinking. So eat your food first, then drink your water after. Like, that's fine. But like diluting the digestion is like 
not a thing. But drinking water is a thing. And you should really aim. I'm always like, guys, get like 80 to 100 ounces. For a while, everyone was like, that is so much. I'm going to have to go to the bathroom all the time. I'm like, well, it's COVID and you're all working from home. So have at it. Drink <laughs> the water, guys. Train your bladder. It's But like drinking water is it's good for your skin. It's good for your bowels. It helps you feel full. It's hydrating. Like there people are like, I don't like water. I'm like, oh, okay, add a piece of fruit to it. I don't know what to tell you about that. That's just, it doesn't <laughs> taste like anything. Like just drink right. the water. Yeah. So really having, you know, I have water, I have a water bottle that's like 32 ounces and I make sure to fill it up in the day three times. And that is like, Good. That that keeps me good. I, I'm I'm hydrated properly. And I can tell, like, you know, sometimes when there's a day, if I do have to go into the city or, like, talk to people and I'm not at my desk, my water suffers. And I, I just feel, like, off. Like, oh, I have a headache. It's like, right, because I didn't have enough water today because I'm just so used to this hydration status that I have worked very hard. But it is difficult to get the water in. You have to be deliberate about it. Yeah. No, you do. And I actually put a little pinch of sea salt end of yeah. my water just because for some reason I think it tastes better. I'm like a child. But it, no, it's good for you. And also the electrolytes, especially you who's working out all the time, that keeps you like super hydrated. It's great. Okay. So when I'm on the mountain or I'm doing expeditions, it is hard to eat healthy because nothing is, I mean, everything's processed, right? We yeah. don't have fresh vegetables at Everest. Yeah. I'm sorry. I wish yeah. we did. Yeah. We do actually for a day and then they're gone because yeah. they don't stay. Sure. Um, what do you recommend people that are going out for long hikes or doing longer things throughout the day to get, you know, even where I live in a ski town. So we have a ton of people skiing that are going, what's the best way to do that? Like, are you bringing raisins? Are you bringing dried fruits? Are you? Honestly, in though in that situation, it's like, what is the percentage of of what you're of the the kinds of foods that you're eating? Like you're eating well and whole grains and fresh foods like 95% of the time. So what what is this? 5%, 10%? Who cares? Right. Who cares? Right. Who cares if you literally who cares if you're eating a whole chocolate bar? You're expending a ton of energy. There's, you know, good fats there. There's simple, there's simple carb there. You know, like you're, you're using that energy. It's replenishing your cells. Like what's the big deal? If that's what you're doing 90% of the time eating processed foods, then that's a different conversation that we have to have. And then we have to really be focused on if processed food is all you have access to, what are we getting and how can we make it better? That's fine. And we can do that. But for the rest of us, like it's okay. It's All right. Okay. Talk to me about talk to me about the banana. Okay? The banana oh, the gets bad banana. rap. I know. I know. It's so bad. <laughs> like everyone's like don't eat the banana and I'm like, "Really? What did the banana ever do to you?" Listen. When if you if you're a diabetic, I'm always like, "Uh, let's watch the bananas, guys. Like, can we do like please have your banana with some peanut butter. Like, we I want to help you with your blood sugar because it is h- higher in sugar. That is true. But like I don't know. Eat a banana a day. It's cool. You're going to be fine. Um, I personally like bananas and peanut butter. So if I have a banana, you know, I cut it in half. I put the peanut butter on it. Um, I put it in smoothies. I had a smoothie this morning and I had a banana. Bananas have are a good source of potassium. Um, and the way to get it to be more nutrient dense for you, because it is a fruit that is higher in sugar, is to add nuts or nut butter or I mean this would be weird cheese and the banana but that is also another way just like pair it with something that slows down the digestion but bananas are perfectly fine everyone you heard it here eat a banana please yay I love bananas and I'm yeah. always like I don't know if you should be my friend or not yeah <laughs> so, no there, we he's on my friend list yeah on the friend list for sure <laughs> and then juicing okay so we juice the celery stuff talk to me about the celery juice deal well, this I don't know where the celery juice came from. It, okay. it, there's no value to this. Like, you know, celery is always, like, for me, feels like a pointless food. Like, what what is celery? It's just, like, 
crunchy. Water that water. tastes bad. Yeah, it's like, exactly. I don't, people are like, it's clearing everything. I'm like, is it? It's not. There's like no nutritional value here. Celery juice is not curing anything. I think that also, I've talked with people about this before. I'm like, well, they're like, well, for me, it changed X, Y, and Z. I'm like, well, maybe you decided to change your all of your habits when you started incorporating the celery juice. And that's why things got better. But I promise you, it was not the celery juice. There is not one magical thing that's making us all better and thin and our hearts working better. Because if there were, we would all be on it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And so, and then when you do the juicing, right? So you do the kale or the apple or the, all the, you take out all the fiber of all these things. Yeah. It feels to me, if I just look at it from the, no dietitian expert here at all, but it's all I did is just made a sugar bomb. That's right. Like so, I took out all the fiber and all the heart of all these things. And then I drink it. If you feel satisfied on one of those green drinks that has nothing to it, so, tell me how you do that. Because no, I don't. There's there's nothing. It doesn't feel right to me. No, there's nothing in this. There's no protein. There's no fiber. You're right. It is just sugar. I. It makes no sense to me. I even, like, I'm fine with a smoothie and I make smoothies, but my smoothies have, like, Greek yogurt, then they have almond milk, then they have chia seeds, and they have flax seeds. And then I'll take any kind of fruit that is, like, going bad in my house or, or, you know, like, it has, like, a day left or any kind of, like, kale or arugula. Again, that's, like, wilted. I'm like, oh, I'll just, like, add this in here because I got to, like, use it up. But, Mm -hmm. again... It's not real. It's not giving me that much, right? Like, I, I don't know. I, the juicing thing, I remember back in like the early, mid 90s, like late 90s, everyone was going to like, you know, juice bars. And I was like, this feels weird. I just want to like eat my calories. I don't want to drink them. <laughs> it's, it's not for No, me. I like to chew. I'm yeah. like, I, this sounds ridiculous, but I actually like chewing. Yes. And if you want me to drink that 700 calorie drink, right. it, it, no, it's not I'd fair. Rather, I'd rather eat cookies. <laughs> I'd rather eat cookies then because then at least yes. I, I got something from this. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, guys, just eat your food. Just eat the apple. Eat like Just eat it. Get used to the flavor. Don't try to hide it. Like, expand your palate so that you can get down with eating vegetables that maybe aren't necessarily, like, sweet tasting. Like, you want, like, it's okay to eat better things. Sometimes you you can, like, you can train your taste buds to tolerate different flavor profiles. And then when you add other vegetables with them, they taste very good. You just have to, you know, explore and expand your horizons. I like that. Okay, so I... Believe it or not, I got anthrax. Like, what individual gets anthrax? Whoa. Me. It's crazy. Yes. Oh my God. Crazy. So, I got anthrax. So, I was in Pakistan and I came back to the United States. I was super ill and I had to go on extreme antibiotics, as you can imagine. To, and I wasn't allowed to eat any like kefir or yogurt or anything yeah. while I was on the antibiotic. They're like, yeah. you need this to run, do its course, and then we need to build your gut strength back up again. Yeah. And they're like, it's going to take like six to nine months to get your gut back to normal, just to let you know. Um, So those of us, when we go on antibiotics and we're done with that cycle, what do you recommend to help people get that gut flora coming back faster? Yeah. So actually what we recommend is fruits and vegetables (laughs) and whole grains, actually. Um, We're starting to see... So the reason why they tell you, right, it's six to nine months before your gut will come back to any kind of working condition is that your microbiome turns over every 60 days. And then if you have this like introduction of like an extreme amount of antibiotics, that can affect it. Also, everybody is different. So your genetics play a role. Also, what is the environment that you're that you are in? Stress can play a factor. Like, what is the air quality? What are the cleaning products in your house? Like, there are so many things. And so probiotics aren't necessarily going to be the thing that are going to help. And also, you don't want to introduce these strains of bacteria that your body might not be able to deal with because they're so new. It's better to have fruits and vegetables that your body already like recognizes and then slowly build it back up. So that is actually the most beneficial. And then after a while, if you want to start having some probiotics because you do feel like now your your flora, your gut, your microbiome is healthier and you'll be able to tolerate those probiotics better. But it is really just like water, 
fruits, vegetables. I added sprouts. Yeah. Like someone told me sprouts are these magical things. So everything kimchi. I was eating had sprouts on it. Yeah. Kimchi yeah, is know, another one. Yes. Sauerkraut, yes. things like that. Yeah. All of those things. Natural is much better. Yep. 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 And so, and then, then there's pre and there's post biotics. Yeah, pre, like the prebiotics. So, you know, like onions and garlic, things like that. So they're things, asparagus, they're, it's things that you like already eat like on a daily basis. So you don't actually necessarily need to like go out of your way to, to have them. But again, we think that we know what a healthy microbiome looks like, but there are so many variables that it's almost like, guys, just eat fruits and vegetables, drink some water, exercise. That's about it. Just be normal. Just yeah. do the everyday thing that our grandparents did and just That's trust right. the process. That's right. Yes. I know. Yes. I know. My, my mom My mom is from Haiti, and she's always like, I don't know. I just think that you guys have so much here in America that that's why you're all so confused. She's like, in my country, there's no food, and I don't know kids that ever had allergies. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, no, no, no. Like, when I was in Pakistan, the do- there was a doctor there, and he was the one who was, like, trying to figure – we didn't. We couldn't test for anthrax at the mountain, so he was sure. just giving me medicine. He's like, "We don't have allergies here." Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, you don't have allergies." He's like, "We don't. We don't have nut allergies. We have nothing." I'm like, "Well, yeah. There's so much bacteria around us all the time. These guys have like super systems. That's it's right. amazing. That's right. I know. My mom's like, my mom is a nurse. She's like, cholera runs through the streets of Haiti, so like, I'm immune to all things. I'm like, whoa, this is like intense. But it, you know, she's like, I don't know. Maybe because also. Maybe because things aren't so overly processed as well. So, like, right. that is another part, right? She's like, there are no Doritos in Haiti. And I'm like, right. <laughs> like, I get it. <laughs> so, like, exactly. So, so if you don't have access to all these things, you're you're eating root vegetables, you're cooking everything fresh, that's helping to sustain you. So there's something to be said for that stuff. For sure. Okay, so the other thing that seems to be getting a lot of hype lately is mushrooms. Right? You have like the lion's mane, you have the ashwagandha, you have the changa, you have all these different mushrooms that all of a sudden you can put in your drink, you can take tablets, you can do all these things. And I'm like, is this just the next hype or is there true value in making sure I have all these mushrooms in everything I eat? Like, that's the thing is like, we don't actually really know. Like, you know, mushrooms have vitamins and minerals and nutrients and things that are mostly helpful but like do we need to be taking them in like rhodiola and then you're like i I don't know do i need that do i not need that is it gonna help me how much does this cost it's like guys just eat food like if you want to take ashwagandha and you think it makes you feel better i'm down with it but like it's probably not necessary okay thank you yeah I, I'm like, I swear I'm the puppy. Everybody just keeps marketing stuff to me all the time. I'm like, why is there something else or something new? Why can't we just be okay? Yeah, it's like, it's, it becomes like too much. You're just like, do I need all of these things, all of these supplements? Like, probably not. You're probably just fine. Unless you're like, you know, on like unhoused and you're food compromised and like, and food insecure, then like, fine. Those things, you know, vitamins and supplements will probably help you but for the rest of the general population you're probably okay we're okay okay so i want to work with you right okay. or one of the listeners listening <laughs> yeah. right here yeah i'm yeah. we're calling i'm i'm Call. in yeah. whether my insurance is in or not i'm in no but, you're, a, um, you're, a, you're a special friend now you're in don't worry <laughs> <laughs> okay so if i have a listener that's listening they would call your office and say hey i would like to work with a dietitian just I want more energy or I want to lose weight or I want to understand why I could eat X, Y, or Z and now I can't because it's not working for my body. What's the typical process that someone goes through? Yeah. So you don't need a referral from your physician to see a dietitian. Like everybody's insurance has at least one session. So just call and it's fine. You you can self-book from our website. So KalinaHealth.com. You can also follow the tree um, 
on Instagram or you can email us at info at KalinaHealth.com and you could just say like, yeah, I want to work with a dietitian. They will do a discovery call with you so that they can hear like what are your concerns and pair you with one of our RDs and they'll also verify your benefits for you. So we take care of everything. You don't have to do anything. We just get your insurance information. We get your date of birth. We call your insurance companies ourselves and we let you know how many sessions you have and what your copay is. So there are zero surprises down the line. Everybody knows right up front, this is what you are responsible for and this is what your insurance company is going to cover. So it is like literally just come and see the, the RD. Like no, okay. no, nothing, nothing sneaky. <laughs> and then do people meet once a month, every other week or what, how does that normally look? They usually meet once a week in the beginning, right? Because you just have to like yep. build rapport and like get yourself into like accountability and a routine. And then as time goes on and once we've like really established protocol and how everybody works together. Then it usually t- goes to like every other week. People generally stay on with us for like 10 to 12 sessions. And generally that is when they have achieved their goal. The thing that's also beautiful about this is that every year your insurance benefits turn over. So you, let's say you had 12 sessions last year, come January 1st, you have 12 sessions again. And so we end up seeing that people do end up returning then like, you know, they want to see you once a month because they still want to have that accountability. And, and we right. welcome that. You're like, it's, it's okay to be accountable to people. It's nothing shameful in that. Oh, no, we all believe you, me. We all need accountability. Yeah. I am the worst without an accountability partner. Same. same. <laughs> I can convince myself of anything. That sure. row of cookies has health in there. Yeah. I am sure. <laughs> totally, totally. I'm like, oh, I didn't eat enough today, so I, I can eat seven cookies. It's fine. So it doesn't count. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay, so we can follow you on Instagram. We can follow Kalina Health on Instagram. All we need to do is make a simple phone call. You guys do the rest. And right. at least we get a discovery interview, if nothing else. And right. it's that easy to build our plan because like all of us, right? If we have a plan, we are more likely to succeed in whatever we're pursuing. And whether that's in health, business, family, whatever, it's having that goal to shoot for. A hundred percent. That's it. And all of it's good, guys. Like the food's good. We just have to eat healthy and be mindful. That's right. Shocking turn of events. I know. And drink water, (laughs) drink water. That's the, that was the main takeaway. (laughs) All right, so I loved my conversation with Vanessa today, and it really reminded me that we know, like, trust yourself. You know, Jen and listener, like, when she was talking about eating whole foods and I was questioning about juicing and mushrooms and there's always something new coming at me, it just reminded me to go with my gut instinct and say, guess what? There's always going to be stuff coming at me in life no matter what I'm doing. And so I need to let that be noise and connect with who I am and what shows up for me is true for me. And if I need to bounce it off an expert, I can. But otherwise, just trusting my instinct. Like, I felt juicing was a lot of sugar. And I felt like there's whole food that we needed to slow down digestion and to be healthier for us. But it bothered me that I was getting other messages And so it was so nice to be able to say, hey, guess what? That is my truth, and it works for me, and that's okay. And so today's conversation, even though it was about food, to me it's so much about having accountability and how much that helps us in all things that we do. There was a huge lesson in there's always going to be noise, right? It was chia seeds for a while. It was now mushrooms for a while. It's the celery juice cleanse for a while. There's always going to be some kind of hype that media is looking to pump up. Connect with yourself and see if it applies to you. And remember that our grandparents, like my grandma's 90-some years old. Whatever she was doing works. And I promise you she's not drinking any mushroom elixir right now. Um, And so just connecting back to ourselves and having the confidence and understanding that health isn't just diet. It's our mindset, it's our activity, it's our stress load, and it is what we put on our body. So combining all these things and making sure that we're taking care of ourselves wholly is going to make us be our best selves in anything that we do.